0: Hello and welcome to Court Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast funded by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord Patreon community.
1: This podcast will focus on everything today because we have everybody here today. This is for the role-playing game stories and lore with our guests from the LCG podcast. I'm Kova. I'm Kikita Kaori. And our guests.
2: I am Trevor Cuba, a.k.a. Kikita Onimaru. And here is my Mahu Riddled co-host. Max Williams, also known as Whacked
3: Mackie or Mackie No-Oni. K-Strike! I'm sorry. Uh, I'm <laughs> glad to have you with us, is what I meant to say. Yes! <laughs> the pain!
1: <laughs> and we also have Seabass, who is our editor and uh,
4: producer. Yep, Sebastian Seabass. Hope everybody's so, doing well.
0: Yeah, so so this little roundtable is due to the really kind of... Well, I was... I, it was unexpected to me news from ffg that the lcg is being um sunsetted with a final set of releases
1: right there's a release coming out for the lcg that is coming out in may right guys Mm. Um, and it's called under Fulang's shadow and i'm sure that The other cast will be able to talk a lot more about the card game things. Um, But we thought we'd we'd take a moment here and uh, talk about what's happened, kind of the history of L5R and and what brought us to where we are now. And um, maybe some speculation as to what's going on. We at least have storyline up to that last set, and they said mm. that something about the Battle of Cherry Blossom Snow is coming that will climb, make a climax for this arc. But
0: yeah, so. so, so obviously, us being the story and RPG podcast, we're going to be focusing mostly on how this announcement affects that. Uh, you are obviously our LCG podcast friends will be talking about the LCG aspects, so go. You'll be wanting to listen to their podcast when that comes out.
1: So, first of all, for for you, how did you uh, take the announcement overall? Were you surprised or, you know?
2: You ever see that Futurama gif of Fry going, I'm shocked, shocked. Well, not that shocked.
4: Mm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of how I took it.
0: So, I mean, how out of the blue was this?
2: Well, let's see, keep in mind, uh, at least me, I'm an old school L5R player, so the Mm -hmm. concept that L5R is constantly an inch away from dying is not Mm. a new feeling for me at all, it's (laughs) kind of a truism of the game for (laughs) always. Uh, That being said, uh, and I have alluded to this a bit before on various podcasts, but um, FFG is not a company that appears to be that interested in running an organized play property for very long, which is about the most diplomatic way I could put this.
1: Diplomacy is good. We're focusing on the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, yeah, the, the interesting thing is because um, when you had uh, talked to us, Jeannie, about coming on here, talking about like, oh, how is this going to affect the story? While the card game is ending and in a perfect world, the card game is separate from the story because Legend of the Five Rings is such a specific IP where the card game competitive scene and the storyline are so intertwined. I can't see how the card game... Dying does not affect the story, especially since FFG has taken the L5R IP and has kind of like chopped it up into different sections. So Aconite Books is running... Right now, they have novels that are firmly in the L5R universe, but, as I could tell, aren't really beholden to a timeline. And uh, RPG books, well, there's very little information that's come out of Edge Studios concerning the RPG. One of the things that the card game did, especially, like, like it kind of was a benchmark for where we are in the story because every time a pack came out, it indicated like the story has moved forward. Granted, the entire time under FFG Stewart, it's run at a glacial pace. I mean we've gone from, you know, four years ago was pre clan war. And now four years later, like we the game has died. Basically still start at the start of clan war. <laughs> we didn't even make it to the uh to the uh Day of Thunder.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah and and the fictions which have been coming out on the website basically they are advertising they're the kind of the publicity mostly for the card game i feel not so much for the rpg so i do wonder how much that is likely to continue once the card game's over
1: so max and sebastian did were you expecting it too
3: Max, you go first. <laughs> okay, uh, it's always something that I knew was possible. I didn't think it would happen this soon. You know, people have been doom and glooming about L five R the entire time the game's been made. So you know, you you hear people claiming, "Oh, I knew this was coming. I saw this coming from a mile away." It, you know, they've been saying that for the past four years. They just happen to finally be right. Uh, I didn't expect it to happen like this. I expected to at least get a bit more out of the game. Because most of their games that have died have at least gotten a decent life cycle. It was it completely unexpected. No, but it was I, I wouldn't say I saw it coming right now.
1: Fair enough. How about you, Sebastian?
3: So
4: I am surprised. But I can understand that the COVID pandemic probably had a really big part to play in all this, uh, canceling all the organized play events for the last year. And you can kind of see with the more recent fiction how, like, the plot points have been uh, moving pretty quickly. <laughs> like, uh, and and I'm at least glad to see that you know it's ending on a high note. There's going to be a big war with the Shadowlands and Akuma no Oni. But you know that uh, you can. Previous to this past year, you can see that they were taking their time with the fiction. It was pretty micro-focused in, like, what? There were several fictions in the the span of 24 hours, and that was several card cycles. (laughs) So, um, you know, they they were planning on this being a long-term project, but uh, I'm just thinking it was probably COVID-related and how that impacted sales and stuff, which is really unfortunate. It's very unlucky. But... I'm also hopeful that maybe there'll be like a reboot or a new product or something because I can't, I just can't imagine L5R without player choices and affecting the story. You know, they've always had that. So they've got to, whether that's going to be the onus of the RPG players at conventions or what, it's got to happen. You know, it's got to keep going.
1: I am hoping that no matter what, what I don't want to see is is another reboot. I think there's way too much they have laid such good groundwork in that that I, there's a lot I could reboot about the RPG if they were going to you know make us version six or something, even even significant lore pieces, but they've laid such a good groundwork in the in the stories right now that I just hate to see it um, not not live up to its potential.
4: Yeah, please don't uh, make the the whole wiki be. Uh, <laughs> 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 don't put onino Pikachu to work any longer, please. Don't make him reboot everything <laughs> <or> again.
1: <laughs> He's a poor overworked <laughs> Pokemon.
4: <laughs> no, you're you're right though. It's rich. It's deep and rich, and I don't think a fiction reboot is coming up. But maybe a product. I don't know. Maybe they'll go back to like a CCG model again, or maybe they'll say no to card games at all whatsoever. and do something else. Maybe they'll put more work into battle for Rokugan, which I haven't heard anything about that in a few years. Mm. Cool game. <laughs> well,
1: I think <laughs> it's not being that. sold anymore.
4: Oh no. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I, I have a taken copy it then.
1: off the market a while ago, but um, I think FFG is really known for their co-op games. So mm.
3: mm-hmm. and as we're seeing this final product, they're putting out basically being a co-op game. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm so excited for it by the way it's bittersweet
4: but like honestly i've always proposed the l5 rlcg as like the board game of card games to my friends and that's how i get anybody to play with me (laughs) so like (laughs) a fully cooperative experience or even like this arch enemy shadowlands kind of thing that's super cool for me i'm i'm excited about that yeah i've been advocating for that kind of play model since the beginning honestly yes and i'm also looking forward to like Maybe people will create house rules for like how to make your own challenge cards out of existing l c g cards that's That's one of my hopes too that we can keep expanding and innovating, even though the product is not being officially supported yeah, mm.
1: so Trevor, you were saying that you were an old time player, so I thought maybe we could talk about how and when we first. Um, joined L5R and, and let our listeners know a little bit about the history of this game because we've talked about the role playing game a lot here, but we haven't really talked much about the history of L5R or how it how it came to be. Uh, I, I thought I'd talk about some of the events and if you joined in or participated in or you know say when you get it, please go ahead and, and jump in <laughs> jump in and say what what you're at. So um, L5R was first published in 1995. That's when it first came out. And it was it came out as a collectible card game with a very set timeline that this was going to run for two years and it was going to come to an end and players is going to influence the final story of, of the game. And uh, it ran for two years. Very popular. People were very excited about running that story. And uh, the end of that game happened at Gen Con in 1997 with the first day of thunder was the tournament environment. And there are some videos. There's a lovely video for those who haven't seen it. It's in our show notes about that tournament um, that, uh, you know, you can check out and see, uh, you know, Storyteller, that's Matt's video. Um, We'll have that for for you. And um, the role, yeah, it was pretty epic. And the role playing came out in 1997 as well. And I started playing in 1997. I kind of had friends in it in uh, '96. uh, and actually in 95, I had a, a friend who was into playing it. He he was Brent Keith. He went on to become the lead designer for a while. But back then he was uh, Shosho, the Mugina Wrangler. And uh, he would have gotten along really well. Max <laughs> He had the <laughs> same kind though. of approach to to uh, to the game. Then that, that you um, <laughs> as far as I could tell um, here. <laughs> um let's see so the role playing came out first edition that was primarily written by john wick uh david williams and john wick were the lead designers for a lot of the stylistic stuff that was associated with l5r back in those days and then a clan wars miniatures game came out in 1998 and then it was purchased by hasbro or it was purchased by Wizards in ninety eight as well,
2: I think. Yeah, the the uh, known as like Alpha Var has been mismanaged into the ground. Chapter one. <laughs> Let's go to Tawatsi. Oh.
1: And uh, and then it, so so it's 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 gone through its existential cycles. <laughs> it's it's kind of amazing that the storyline kept going.
4: No, you're right, though. Uh, Shoot, a lot of work for lore masters to keep up with all this. Uh, um, But, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's like, oh, man, such a cool idea. Such a cool, like, setting. And the samurai niche is so cool. Everybody's going to love this. Anime's getting big right now. Oh, man, it's not working for me, though. Here, you try it.
0: Like, (laughs) passing on to different companies. Yeah. I mean, at one point, Rock Again was... I hesitate. It was it was the official Asian setting for Dungeons and Dragons,
2: mm-hmm. which was, it was uh, the Oriental Oriental Adventure set, which is right about where I come in. Because in two thousand one or two or something like that, uh, I as a young guy in uh, my local game store would be hanging out and all the uh, older guys start whipping out these decks of these like like really like um uh, like high quality cards like like you needed like a presentation of this thing i was like well, geez the guy spent some money on just the tokens everything for this thing and they came over to me and they knew you know i liked and man, I'm a huge Edge Lord. So they showed me like this game, and they showed me a faction entire, uh, uh, made up entirely of white-haired Sephiroth characters. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> y'all know me," <laughs> and I was hooked from the beginning. Um, you know, back then I didn't have a lot of uh, money or access to be able to get into the cards. How, uh, especially since, like, I would like soon graduate high school and go off to the navy, where you know, no one does anything consistently. But uh, one thing I did take with me was the D and D, because I was getting into D and D three point five at the same time. Was the uh, L five R Oriental Adventures setting, uh, which is you know not good. <laughs> Right. <laughs> okay. uh but you know i i could tell you from someone who came in like and it was, like the my the lore shotgun for l5r for me coming through those books i can tell like oh there's clearly like another property and another setting that this like haphazard rule set keeps referencing so i already knew i was like getting l5r light while I was reading it, you know? And it wouldn't be until uh, I get out of the Navy in 2009 and, like, literally, like, in the first few months, I'm like, I need to go to a card store and see if anyone's playing this L5R game again. And that's how I got associated with my friend group in Flint and then, like, started my journey towards, you know, running co and stuff, which, you know, would not happen if there wasn't the classic L5 story of, like, hey, we need these strong... um local friend group communities to support each other and support the game because I go in there I've got my starter and stuff and when they see I show up for like more than like two or three sessions they like grouped together all of a, like a box full of all their like uncommons and comments and stuff and gave it to me as like a, a starter pack for me a starter thing to start my collection Um and some of those guys were like especially patient because they were all like solidly in the Kotai circuit like alright Monday we meet here to, uh, to pr- prepare for Kotai Um when you're in that mindset the new guy showing up who clearly doesn't know what he's doing and like every time we play a match where I'm trying like where I'm going to lose uh, and it, like it takes away time that like I could be practicing for a tournament right now, but oh no, I'm going to sit here and make sure this new guy knows how to play. You know, uh, I would not be where I am today without those guys. Yeah, I think I must have been
0: joining up around about 2009 as well, from the role playing game point of view, because I'm fairly certain I was tail end of third, right at the tail end of third, and then fourth comes out. So it was probably no more than a year before 4th came out.
1: And by then, well, I I knew a little bit, but by then I was starting to get out because I was, um, you know, I'd kind of been there, as I said, from 90, from 97, well, really 96 on, you know, went through the whole purchase uh, by Wizards and then Wizards was sold to Hasbro and everyone thought that Hasbro would definitely kill it for sure and uh in the end uh hasbro did kill it but it was repurchased by aeg and so it kept going so it had all these changes and and i was kind of sticking through it but the story was getting really um weird you know i was at valternum that was uh there was a story tournament where the uh they were fighting the living shadow and the air dragon was corrupted yeah i was i was working that one and I could never play. I was I was horrible at playing. I didn't have time to play. It wasn't interested in it. Uh, did not particularly like doing the convention role playing games either because they were really big into um, really edgy edgy scenarios too. Like very unpleasant for a while. It was just a nineties thing, I guess. Um, yeah, but,
0: the nineties have a lot to answer for.
1: So, um, you know, by by about uh, 2005, 2006, I I just had gotten to enough. I was getting too much grief of being a crane player um, and too much. It it just wasn't worth a lot of what I was dealing with at that point. But I had a lot of uh, things I'd done until then. So you guys came in kind of when I was getting out for a bit.
2: I recall the moment I met you, even though I'm missing the year, but I recall (laughs) when I met you, Jeannie, because it was at a Gen Con Crane Clan dinner. Where you had showed up seemingly, as far as I could tell, seemingly out of the blue, and people were just like, "Oh, who are you?" and stuff. And you had like given your name. It was like me being new at newer at the time, didn't know who it was and stuff. But people were just like, I guess, was like, "That's you. You're a legend around here," because you had already been really <laughs> established on the forums and on your own website of being this lore keeper, fan fiction writer type person.
1: <laughs> yeah, but uh yeah i think that was uh that was probably uh 2014 i was
2: gonna say 2013 2014 somewhere around there yeah
1: 2013 2014 because i had come back because we had moved to indianapolis and so i could swing by and start to get more interested in it because i had people there to you know at least once a year i could go see everybody
4: yeah you brought up an interesting thing that's like it seems like the clan loyalty uh and how toxic that could be <laughs> was kind of a problem whenever you're whenever you kind of took a hiatus from the from playing the card game uh
1: well yeah it the crane is weird uh i think trevor can attest to that in terms of how it gets treated in the environment sometimes
2: yeah uh crane players bear the brunt of how Crane has always been kind of like, especially in the old game, was very asynchronistic. So in a game that's primarily, like where nine out of the 10 clans are trying to win by military, the ones that are trying to win by honor or dishonor are already like weird, odd ducks. And Crane has never been middle of the road. Either they have been terrible because they're like, oh, we need to stop Crane's honor rocket so they'd be nerfed to the ground. And playing Crane was basically hard mode. uh, Or they'd be really, really, really good. Like that story, when I said, like when I was introduced to the game back in high school and some older players who were very experienced playing the game, they handed me a crane deck, gave me a quick tutorial of the rules, and I won the game. And it was not... Uh, that the other guy was taking it easy on me, they just told me how the dual mechanics worked, and three rounds later, I honored out. And The guy, actually, I remember <laughs> was very upset like, this guy doesn't even know how to play, <laughs> and he just honored Yikes. out. On me.
4: <laughs> so, they were basically like, uh, filthy crane, you don't like, like, your earned or your wins are not earned, they're just given because you're OP, basically.
1: Well, there was, there was that, there was also the fact that, um, Let's let's face it. There was a lot of toxic macho behavior in the '90s, and uh, that was taken out on the uh, definitely pretty and uh, artsy and uh, occasionally effeminate.
2: You yeah, know, images the most of the clan. effeminate and uh, androgynous clan um, did not incite the most, you know, politically correct comments a lot of the times.
4: Oh, that's disappointing.
1: Yeah i i I've, I've told people like before the end of it dropped out. I was at tournaments and I would get um, very not nice jokes. Me as a female player get very not nice jokes every single round of a tournament because I was playing crane, and that was it's just like I can't, <laughs> I can't do this. But but things got better. And, uh, it's, it's, it's funny how the things have, have changed. So one of the things that happened, um, in 2013 is that, uh, there was a movie, I don't know if you guys have seen it. Have you seen Gamer's Hands of Fate?
2: Oh, I'm in it. Whoa. <laughs> I, I, I'm in the background for our five seconds, but trust me, if you're looking for me, you'll see me. Cause uh ShooterRav, uh one of the Discord moderators, he the messages me at like two AM one day and stuff, like, Hey, I'm watching gamers hands of fate. Is this you in the background? Like, yeah, it's me in the background there. <laughs> And uh you all um, uh should know this, but uh, um I've talked to uh Rich on there, the the um the uh the GM for that group. Nate Rice. Uh, uh-huh. Nathan Rice, there we go. They those guys showed up to that Gen Con. Um well obviously because they recorded us to use as the extras. Uh, for their fictional version of L5R Uh, that came to the after party that year. And I know for a fact that Nathan Rice is a listener of, at the very least, the LCG podcast. I've talked to him at Gen Con a couple of times. Oh, wonderful. Every time they try to do a Kickstarter or GoFundMe for the various projects they do, I try to share that on the various L5R social medias just to keep that cycle of love going.
0: Cool. So so, so what's the link between... Uh,
2: the hand of fate and so so yeah basically is uh so the gamers movies they started off doing these college first they did this college film of these uh group of gamers obviously uh um going about their adventure and it'll like cut between like the players in their dorm room playing versus what their players are doing. And the, and the, the characters are like dresses them. It's just all the wacky shenanigans a D and D party gets into. Uh, they had a very, even better sequel that was funded by woods of the coast um, gamers Two darkness rising, which was really popular. So they did their third movie. The third movie is like these characters where they later on um, it's actually bait. It's literally L five R the movie. Uh the only difference is is that they'd use a different game. It's called Romance of the Nine Kingdoms, which AEG actually made based off the Burning Sands rule. Uh but only because of like even the like AG, they could not like clear all the legalese of being able to use L5R and stuff. But the movie Gamers Hands of Fate is essentially a dramatization of the l5r how the game is how the community is and it shows you the highs and lows like the as genie was saying the central uh um arc of one of the main characters is i'm a woman and they keep treating me like crap because i'm a woman Dang, and no it's wow. <laughs> actually the main character is like uh, 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 character arc growth is like maybe I should not treat women like sex, sex objects. That's his <laughs> major goal in the game.
0: Maybe maybe I should be not horrible.
4: You know that <laughs> reminds me all of a sudden of the artwork that's pretty problematic uh, depicting women as well. It, the game kind of fed back into the
0: community, which fed back into the game. Oh I guess, so. yes, 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 yes. That's that's only yeah. a new thing.
1: But so, I mean, it it reached levels of of popular culture, you know. I mean, I guess it wasn't that popular culture, but, uh, you know, how many other card games are there that have movies about them? (laughs) You know, really. Um, So so it reached quite a large spread. That was in 2013. Um, And then... It was sold to FFG in twenty fifteen and when it was sold it was just about to I had just gotten in because I was like really excited about the idea of like renegade Kakitas fighting Shadowlands and
0: (laughs) Oh, there was so I mean not so much FFG buying it, but the way it was sold and the way the community found
2: out. Yeah, and that's when I was very active in the game. So I could talk a little bit about how the game like really died that time. And boy, it was that was devastating. Now, for some background, by that like it had went from west of the coast back to AG at this point, and AG had it for quite a while, and it was doing okay. But let's keep in mind that almost everyone who seems to own L five R is really bad. <laughs> like very obvious things uh and it's very easy for us to sit here and play like you know uh armchair game designer and stuff but like (laughs) i swear every story that comes out of these companies is like that is an obviously bad decision i don't know who rubber stamped that you know i may not be a businessman but that seems dumb case in point with legend of the five rings it was doing really well after it got back uh went from Wizards of the Coast back to AEG. Uh, it was like the popularity was soaring pretty good, and it's not doing amazing. I mean, it's not like doing Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh! numbers and stuff, but it's doing well. Um, so the point where AEG should have like taken these profits, invested it back in the game, maybe... Paid some of its writers or game designers or other people. Like it was mostly a, a, a volunteer patchwork of mostly fans being paid literally booster cards. Like Robert yeah, Denton paid yeah. nothing but like the promise of booster cards for years for all the work he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they instead they decided to take this money and invest in other. Board games, which on one hand, as a company, you wouldn't have a diverse portfolio. You can't just have like one game as your only thing and stuff. But L5R's popularity was raising ships like Smash Up and their other board games, but none of the money was coming back into L5R. And the cracks started forming all over the massive behemoth that L5R was because everyone who was vital to making it the writers, the designers, the volunteers, everyone stuff, are all being overworked and burnt out for little to zero money. So, eventually, the game, uh, like, near the end, they kind of, like, realized what was wrong, got some better, like, like, we got a fresh batch of writers that they seem to be promising to do more coordinated things with, and everything was actually pretty optimistic about the direction. Like, the community was pretty confident the game was going back up
1: yeah by the 20th anniversary in 2015 that people were were very uh happy there was a there was a real sense of you know celebration that i saw uh in the community that year they knew that the onyx arc was coming and it was going to be a big change uh you know shadowlands wins but of course after the shadowlands wins that's more chance for rising heroism and no more icky colonies stuff. We can get back to the <laughs> core of the uh, yeah. day of, uh, you know, day of thunder and and those things that really um, focused uh, the original story. Um, because there had been a lot of, you know, kind of weird feels about the whole colony thing because, you know, we're, we're not real colonials. And some of those things just felt problematic.
2: It, it's very hard to have an apolitical stance on the concept of like colonialism
4: mm,
2: <laughs> yeah what is does this remind i don't know
0: <laughs> no 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 it's fine uh, everyone in that land all died so that makes it okay <laughs>
3: look um, an elephant is- was in charge you can't blame anyone <laughs> elephant was in charge
4: of the crab clan this was um shortly after I joined in actually but I didn't start with the card game I started with the RPG as well. Yeah um, yeah. Whenever I joined this was probably like 2012 maybe seemed pretty like the community seemed pretty dead at the time but maybe I just wasn't part of the right forums and I was just mainly uh, I I picked up the game cuz I was like ooh cool choices for samurai games is pretty slim and this is like pretty dope looking uh the artwork anyway.
2: <laughs> So. Yeah, the community basically went on hiatus because at the very least when it was like, we weren't told the game died. We were told the game was sold. And f and came up pretty quickly and said, like, it's going to take about two to three years for us to do anything. Wait until then. Yeah, so everybody might. who cared about waiting just like, OK, we're going to sit here and wait silently for two to three huh. years.
0: Well, apart um, from everything else, the forum suddenly disappeared with no warning. Yes. May um, still be
2: talking
4: uh,
0: about that.
2: <laughs> but imagine. That is, that, uh, really that's something that happened like that. Is The forums got caught in some sort of like legal, not dispute, but F- both FFG and AEG, neither side were quite sure who owned it and no one wanted to take the time or energy to try to screw around with it. So the decision was just to nuke it. Because I know me, because I own the Crane Clan forums, Um, I had offered to transfer all the data from there to here to my website, Uh, but no one from either side was really really even willing to engage in the conversation because it it just opened up to too much legal liability. Yeah, Uh, sad.
0: But then, then FFG buy the game, and I remember the first I heard about was uh, "Ask Me Anything." on reddit oh yeah so yeah it
1: came so the the new lcg came out in 2017 and it was very it was a very weird time because that whole period from 2015 to 2017 we didn't know if for a lot of that if it was going to be rebooted or if they were going to like continue it post onyx or something like restart it later in history
0: or just do a complete time skip, and it's like, it's now 100 years later. Right, right. I,
2: I can't say, and this is important for what's going to go on even today, is there was a great deal of anxiety. Like, we knew the game was going to come back, but we didn't know how it was going to be, come back. Because one of the big, most important things about L5R is it is a very big multifaceted property that has different things that appeal to different players depending on who you are. And it's hard to retain that. So when the game says like, oh, another company's bought it, it's gonna pay them back. We didn't know what format it's going to do because like what are they like they're just going to shave off one part like if i'm a crane clan what if there's no crane l- later or if there's no kikita or if there's no Duel? you know many players who are not craned will say like hey the dueling mechanic needs to go and me as a crane player says so like no i need my dueling mechanic you know and it's very easy to take l5r and boil it down into kind of like just a card game which I think FFG is like leaning more and more. Like they didn't start off with, but they're leaning more and more into it and stuff. But it's very easy to take the story, the card game, the RPG, any part of it and stuff, and just treat it as like just a game and not recognize L5R as this dynamic interconnected whole. uh, That is really the heart and soul of like what keeps the community together. You know, it's why, you know, me and Max, competitive card people, are hanging out with you, the RPG people, because the property, uh, by the nature of how it operates, interconnects us in these ways, you know?
3: Mm. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: So Max, when did you come on?
3: So I kind of became aware of the game around the time of the Hands of Fate movie because uh, I was in college at the time and people I knew we're familiar with the game. And so I I kind of learned about from that and I got, I got into it right at the end of its life cycle. Um, 20th festivals was the last official like release before it was killed. And that was when I got into it. Uh, But I, yeah, great timing by me. Max, you and I have the, the unique
4: perspective of going, Oh yeah. Spider's always been a thing, right? (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, I I I got into it playing Spider, and honestly, I know that Spider has had a super, very opinionated stance from a lot of people. Uh, I've really, I always really liked the Spider story personally, and uh, so that's what got me into the game was their story. I'm just, I would say this: I'm sorry if this offends you, Trevor, but the old Legend of the Five Rings card game. Was not amazing just as a card game, but the, the story of the community around it was really good. Um, if you came at 20 festivals,
2: I see why you would say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 and, and honestly, you're, you're speaking to the book kind of like what I was saying a second ago, like, ah, even though I do prefer the old rules to the current rules for both the card game and the RPG like it's not necessarily the game i'm showing up for it's the ip like take genie she is she 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 has played the RP, the, the card game and stuff but she's an rpg player what would provoke some like an rpg player there's many people like her uh, to travel to a tournament that they have no aspect of winning just because they want to take part in the game. I mean, talk about what I said earlier about how Crane is either on top or on the bottom. You know, how many times I've taken a dog crap Crane deck that I know is going to lose because the meta will not let me, you know, out of the brackets whatsoever and have traveled all across the country just because I want to play Crane at an L5R event. You know, that's the core of what L5R really is, to me at least.
1: You know, I talked about the uh, Battle of Oblivion's Gate, where the Air Dragon became the Shadow Dragon. That that tournament, uh, you know, we weren't. I couldn't play. There's, I wouldn't even be able to get into that tournament. <laughs> you know, that just very silly. So we were sitting there with uh, a challenge booth that you know, at, people could come and they could play, pay five dollars and play games of L five R versus each other and we used it to raise money for charity and uh aeg had a story you know deigned to give us a story prize uh so they had the dark moto versus the light moto and the people who won the challenge booth would win the dominance over the moto family and and uh you you would either play for the dark moto or you'd play for the light moto and uh you yeah, know most most wins won, and. Uh, we played, that's what I did all weekend. We were raising money for charity. That's like, like, we had a whole bunch of, it was all like done out of the crane forums back before you you took over them, Trevor. <laughs> we were just like doing that. We weren't role-playing game. We weren't, I spent all Gen Con doing that. <laughs> but it was fun to see so many people and we had a great time. I couldn't imagine a better way to do that tournament for, for myself.
2: Yeah, back in the day were like showing up with a deck of your clan and maybe participating in one of the honor side events and stuff, uh, it's not an exaggeration, like, oh, I'm just here supporting my clan, like, uh, traveling to a Kotai and partic- just but the act of participating, even if you got dead last, uh, you actively contributed to the overall mega game and stuff like i would encourage someone like genie to show up because i believe the last big mega game was trying to figure out who was going to foster the imperial heir uh, uh a waco's uh, uh, uh firstborn child um that was a big deal that we spent like years us as a community you know to, Support each other, do we? Like, hey, hey, listen, I will send you, Max, $500 just to show up at a tournament, just to be there. Don't have to win. Just show up, man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yep. So
1: the LCG came out in 2017. And I think overall, although the fictions have come at a very glacial pace, I think they've been incredibly well-written. Uh, I love well the written, focus yes. on the personal personal uh side of things and and how logical like you can see all the thought patterns and stuff of what's going on exactly with you and, and, and that's pretty cool to see how yeah okay it's a little comedy of miscommunication i suppose tragedy of miscommunication but you can see how it gets there and that's been really cool to see
2: i think we were me and you were talking jeannie you had just guessed it on my podcast, which for people for the, the RPP podcast might not know, like the, uh, uh, the LCG podcast has been on a kind of like, not a hiatus, but like uh, my availability is spotty because my day job is I run a snow plow and I live in Michigan. So I'm plowing snow almost constantly right now. <laughs> so.
4: Oh, if only I only remembered remember the Mr. Plow song from The Simpsons.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my name it's Mr. Plow.
4: Yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: That's the only reason why I haven't been updating the podcast uh, uh, recently. Uh, I'm going to try to do something a lot this week, especially. Uh, but when me and Jeannie were on, I was talking about, like, okay, so it's been like a year or two since the pack of Hotori, uh, Hotaru, and Kowanin facing off in the Crane Clan Civil War. And it's supposed to be the start of like that story arc and stuff. That pack came out like two years ago. Oh, as the game is about to end. Hotaru is still not even aware that her brother's upset with her, let alone he's trying to usurp the throne from her. <laughs> Yikes.
3: But
1: we did have an Oni lord invade Yokogan, and we did have Shoju deposed and re
0: Four out of the seven clan coups that we're expecting. <laughs> <laughs> so
4: close. No, but uh, I really like the point that you brought up, Gene, where it's like, man, there's less focus on archetypes and the feeling of Saturday morning villain, or you know, cartoon villains, and more of like actually getting to the headspace of these, uh, you know, making
0: human decisions. You know, making them more people as opposed yeah. to you know this kind of. Wild and crazy wow. stereotype stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Very much. You all the listen
2: to the Mustache podcast with uh, Robert Denton III, one of the writers, who was one of the writers for the old game. He's very open about the, and even uh, Fred Wan, who I had uh, interviewed a couple of months, who is the old continuity editor for the old game stuff uh and they were very clear like keep in mind elf of came out of the 90s and a it wasn't really a plan on having like this story that was going to last the test of time and a lot of it is based off of like pokey action movies and pro wrestling like this is the lifeblood of like the start of <laughs> not exactly the building blocks of a of a of a of a ongoing consistent story
4: are you Siobhan walks in at the undertaker's
0: theme song please
2: exactly <laughs> yeah that's
0: because uh, it was never meant to be my understanding it was never really meant to be a coherent anything it was just a card game with these little snippets of text that kind of sounded cool and then it kind of became this story so a lot of it
2: Whenever I evaluate fiction, I always give a free pass. If you are the first one to kind of invent your genre, you get a free pass for like all the mistakes you're going to make and stuff. The the character of Superman is really difficult for storytellers to wrap their heads around because Superman invented like the story problems of like, this is why you don't make your hero too strong. Uh, Dragon Ball Z gets a lot of like weird shown like we all know that the 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 sticky points of dragon ball z of why it's so weird versus like why it's so endearing and stuff and that's why future shown manga things have avoided the pitfalls that dragon ball z discovered you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you R exactly right. discovered a lot of its own pitfalls and fell face first into all of them <laughs> yeah the
4: dragon ball z to l5r they both have the same issue of always pushing to 11 how do we
0: top our last story? Yes, because cause that, that last we pushed the last thing to eleven, but that's that's now nine, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I I was actually feeling that the way things were running, even though they were glacially slow, we're trying to avoid that kind of thing by concentrating more on the people and the characters and things like that, as opposed to what's the what's the huge enormous threat this time.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah i like to think the uh, the ffg version of the story is the capstone of a 20-year effort to make sense of why is the, S- the scorpion clan allowed to stay in the empire because as someone who was like they were introduced as such cartoonishly evil characters with like honestly no real game plan other than will be evil though uh Trying to justify them into something that makes a lick of coherent sense has been an ongoing uh, rewriting process for that clan and stuff. I'm even argued for the. I'm sorry, I'm even argued for the 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 Crane Clan. Like th- the Crane's mission statement is, "We are the best at everything that we do." There's not a lot to go from there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you he, he can actually say that about a lot of clans. I mean, the the Scorpion weren't even a playable faction to begin with. They were just villains who would show up and be be annoying. But like, you got the the Lion, who's the same thing. It's like we are the right hand. We are the army of Rogan. Only we fight everyone else. We fight everyone in supposed I suppose people outside rockgan because that that makes sense.
2: What- <laughs> Here, here's some forbidden knowledge that you can never unlearn once you know it and stuff. Rokugan. Roku means six, meaning it's supposed to be the story of the six clans, the six starting clans. So the inherent inclusion of the scorpion makes the entire premise of the everything fall apart. Yeah,
0: yeah. But, but it was, it was six clans to begin with and then they said no we got to re- we will retro- retroactively put back the uh the scorpion clan and they were always there and I, I think that's largely down to the i suspect it's a lot of it's down to the fact that the role playing game when it first came out was set way before the card game timeline and so you suddenly had to have because it was it was it was rockgan the scorpion did this evil thing they killed the emperor and they plunged into civil war which is why everyone fights everyone which is why the card game works and then the role-playing games like, well obviously we'll set it before then at which point you kind of have to ask what the hell were the scorpion clan doing before they did that and 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 thus everyone gets
4: confused I always thought it was like, oh, no, all these clans are way too honorable to have like shinobi and ninja and stuff. So let's just make a clan that does have those things <laughs> just so that we players have the option, you know?
0: <laughs> and that was definitely, definitely the age of, of, of clans of hats, if you like, because, you know, the, the lion were very much the honorable standard samurai. The crane were the artists and politicians. The dragon were monks.
2: In a world where L5R's birth is, every clan is supposed to be a different archetype of what a yes. popular v- romantic version of a samurai uh, is. The problem with that is each clan is representative of what, what a samurai, uh, like a, a hyper-romanticized version of what a samurai was from completely disparate times in the fifteen hundred years that samurai have existed and existed in very different standards from each other.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean I, I reckon I reckon you can make it work, but but
1: well, well yeah we're not we're not rational creatures. We're rationalizing creatures. We're really good at putting those things together and making some sort of sense out of them. And and you know the the truth is, you know, here we are it's it's 2021. Um this version of L5R is at an end, but you know, L5R has kind of survived a lot of changes and a lot of angst in the past. And uh, we still have some pretty promising signs that it's, it's going to continue in one way or another in the future. Uh, Aconite has already said that they are putting out three novels a year, at least. Um, So we've had three last year. And uh, at the end of this month, um, which is February, so maybe even by the time you actually listen to this and we edit it, uh, they're going to announce their books for 2021. Um, There's going to be some sort of L- L5R announcement, if I'm reading their Twitter answers I mean, correctly.
0: I, I have to say, it is going to be very interesting when we start getting people whose first... Exposure to l Five. When we, when you know, this, we have this podcast a little bit later, yeah, a few years on downline, and people start saying, "Well, I read the, I read this novel. I read this novel about about a parade of demons, and that's how I got started." You know, that's that's going to be very interesting because uh, the potential with the novels is to is to get uh, really get a whole new audience who are completely different.
2: So we've been there before, because depending on when you came in Alpha 5 your understanding of the Battle of Biden Pass is very different.
4: <laughs> yeah, we're going to have uh, players with the unique perspective of, oh, yeah, Shochu's always been regent, right?
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> the So in addition to that, we have um, the uh, Lion splat book for the role-playing game coming up.
0: Mm-hmm. Fields of Victory.
1: And yeah, Fields of Victory. And they, they're having an adventure. And then uh, we've talked to Edge, and Edge has already said that they've got the uh, Wilds book, the Dragon Splat book. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: Wilds. rich of the Wilds.
1: Wilds. So if we get those two uh, this year, which I think is possible and maybe optimistic, but those aren't being stopped by any delays of transferring ip because that's already been transferred or you know kind of partitioned out so and i know that both of those or at least i know the that uh the lion book has been already through a lot of playtesting and stuff so you know we've got those coming out Uh, after that we've only got the unicorn and scorpion books left and edge has committed to definitely having those two out which takes us through to um probably uh 2022 there'll probably be another big one there possibly is another big one we haven't heard about that but there's at least those that splat book series is going to keep continuing
2: this is assuming that uh, asthma data doesn't arbitrarily shut down those studios in the next couple of months as they are kind of prone to do I'm sorry, that's me being bitter again. But they they, they, to, in my initial, they, they are prone to just randomly shutting down their, pri, uh, their uh, uh, divisions and sub-companies for random decisions up top. So RIP FFG Digital, which lasted like two and a half years.
3: When Netrunner came to an end, they said, don't worry, we'll continue the story of Netrunner as well. Uh, and or of the Android universe, since they own the Android universe, and as of now, nothing's come out. I mean, I'm kind of hoping that
0: the the storyline can be continued as advertising for the RPG and the novel.
4: Yeah. I don't care if they even just put out little polls saying, hey, community, what do you want to happen next? But I would love it if they actually did more scenarios like uh Kyoto castle, right? That or wedding in Kyoto castle. That was a story decision thing, right?
0: Yes. And also that choose your own adventure. Yes. At least. And the
1: highwayman was too. Yeah,
0: yes, true. Yep. 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 Cause uh, that actually ended up with, we have, we actually, yeah we've seen the fiction outcome of that uh, much too much to the uh, sadness of uh, the Yogo. It must be said. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of ways this could still be going forwards. Um, So I got, I'm pretty sure y'all are going to, I mean, talking
4: to the, you know, Mr. Trevor and Mr. Max over here that you guys are probably going to bring this up on your, your episode regarding things, but like, is it, it, was the biggest issue that the game was too complicated? Was it that it came out during a time where digital card games are on the rise, you know, like, Hearthstone and Gwent—I don't (laughs) know—just throwing a name out there. But uh, is it that, or is it? something else do you think was it was it was it covid oh down no that's just no way <laughs> it's covid no i'm just kidding no, yeah,
2: no i'm not exaggerating too much when i say it's a little bit of everything well listeners join us next time on the court games lcg podcast which we might just scrub the lcg right out of the name of the podcast in general because it's not living anymore it can't be a living <laughs> card game oh, if the my game's God. Dead.
1: <laughs> but uh you know i don't want i want i want to try and keep it as a As I I leave this on a somewhat hopeful note in that more cards, you know, basically after the game was sold in 2015, there was a lot of confusion. There was a lot of angst and stress as people were trying to figure out what was going to happen. And there was no communication from anybody official for years. Okay, but it is the time. That you got into this, CBAS. It's a time when you got into it, Max. And it's a time where people in the community did do things, can do things to keep things going and be there ready for when it comes back. Um, And I think that spirit of trying to keep the community going, finding your own ways and your own things to do with the community maybe not with the card game especially if you have problems with it but but just finding ways to stay involved maybe if you were a card game player pick up the pick up the role-playing game and see if you like it there uh you know if you like to read pick up the novels or you know i have about i have way too much fan fiction so you know you can read that if you're if you're bored <laughs>
2: If you want me to leave you with a note of hope and optimism, I will say one thing from my experience is very true. Almost everything you love about Legend of the Five Rings has come from the fan base and the community. Even if those are like fans that have like transferred into like actual official positions, it's the fans who have always made this game and the fans are very active right now looking into how to keep this thing going and stuff.
1: So join them. Involved and and uh, like everything you love, uh, you get out of it what you put into it. So you know, that's 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 my my suggestion and my note to to leave it on. I think that's that's it for for us. Uh, anybody have any other last words?
0: I just basically, I, I think we should all end on a an optimistic note. You know, they they aren't going to come and take away our rule books and our memories and all that stuff. So we will have L5i if that's what we want. However, in whatever form, you know. Exactly right. I know for us at at Core Games, you know, we've got,
4: we still got our shows going on. Um, We've got events that we want to run this year and competitions. And, you know, we're very focused on, uh, we just love the game. You know, we love the setting. We love the community. And it doesn't really matter what, Companies have to say about that. (laughs) Just like what everybody else is saying right now. So, you know, we're not going anywhere. Um and really looking forward to things like Jade Court and everything else that the community comes up with. Um, you know, there's nothing start stopping us from homebrewing our own cards and fiction and whatever, you know, we can do what we
2: want. If you take away nothing else from this podcast, remember this Akita Toshimoko did nothing wrong. It needs to be taken off the restricted list. <laughs> oh dear,
0: dear me!
1: And and I want to say, Max, I'm just really happy for you because finally, right here at the end, you get Akumana Orni marching into the Empire, and I, do. And I know you've waited a long time for that moment. Yes,
3: when we finally get to peak. Be- Play together in person again, Trevor can be assured that I will play the Shadowlands faction for the people <laughs> who want to play against it in the multiplayer <laughs> version. Honestly, we'll can we all do that? I would love to play. I would
1: love to take you up at, on that offer. <laughs> so we'll we will we might do that when it comes out. But thank you so much, guys, for coming on and for walking down memory lane a little bit for us and talking about the future. We really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to hearing uh, whatever gory vivisection you wish to <laughs> have, <laughs> the uh, LCG, and uh, maybe some ideas, uh, some places you can tell us where to look for for those who are actually you know, semi-competent competition and and want to uh, figure out where to go next. Well, but, uh, <laughs> that's it for us this week. Uh, again, you know, we'll call out uh, our LCG podcast. Thank you, guys. Uh, we have Live from Tokyo podcast. I'm not sure where that stands right now, but uh, there's a couple of good episodes for you to check out. We have our two actual play role-playing podcasts, Crimson Gold Agonies and Fortune and Strife, as well as our friends at D20 Radio.
0: Our content is funded by the community Discord Patreon, which supports our editing costs, as well as our website, where we have lots of information, RPG articles, RPG tools, summaries of our podcasts, and so much more. And for our patrons, we've got special bonus content like Adventure Seeds, early access to our AP podcasts, and more.
1: Online, you can find us at our website, which is at courtgamespod.com, on Twitter at twitter.com slash courtgamespod, and on Patreon at patreon.com slash courtgames. But that's it for us this week. This is Kikita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you.
0: And I've been Kova And until we meet again, keep your jade handy.
3: No, don't. Keep your jade away.
2: <laughs> jade strike! Jade strike! <laughs> <laughs>